mountaintop Burning like a silver flame The summit of beauty and love Andrea is her name She's got us Yeah baby, she's got us I am Andrea I'm your fire with your desire You might want to check that out first. It'll give you context for what I'm talking about. You could listen to it as a standalone, and <laughs> that would be an interesting experience, I think, <laughs> as well. So do whatever you feel called to do. But if you would like to know what this is all about, go back to part one of Timey Wimey Stuff, which I believe is part two of astral knot training. The reason there's a part one of astral knot training is that's where I talk about what I mean and just my personal history with astral travel and all that. And then in uh, astral knot training part two, I started the timey-wimey stuff series because I began to tell the tale of a four-year timeline that I had dreamt of, oh gosh, six years ago. And the timeline began almost three years ago now, about two and a half years ago. Uh, when I had the dream, I had no idea how long it was actually going to um, be. And it still continues. But at any rate, this is a continuation of that because life goes on and uh, let's see the last time I recorded which I go into on here was the solar eclipse portal <laughs> the last 333 portal on 12 12 20 and then um, I didn't record again until February and I haven't talked about the timey-wimey stuff since October so there have been a lot of developments and things are continuing to move along and that's what I'm about to share with you because it's just all further understanding of the fluidity of time um, how timelines are merging and integrating and how we can use this um, in our lives those of you that are becoming aware of that everyone has the ability to see these things but I kind of think it's like anything you know like we're not all Olympic ice skaters we're not all um, a surgeon so everybody has their things that they're good at and so I think there are probably some of you out there who have a lot of this time experience, whether it's seeing the past or the future or um, prophetic dreaming or whatever version of that, seeing other simultaneous timelines, um, 
it's very useful to understand how this is working and also just I mean I know when it first started happening to me I thought I was really just I don't know finally completely losing my mind had a tumor I don't know what but I knew that things were getting weird and I didn't feel like anybody else was having these experiences so once I started finding out that yeah some people have those experiences and then in the meantime other things happened to reassure me that I wasn't crazy like confirmation of things um then I was able to relax a little so if you're new to all this um hopefully this makes you realize that you're not crazy and that you can use all this time awareness uh to your advantage to be in alignment with the highest good in your life and that's how it's worked out for me but the last four months were a ride and unfortunately I go into it uh nose blowing tears and all um in this episode so at times it may feel like I scamper off into the weeds and you don't know where I'm going but it all relates to a completion of a cycle and a story and that's part of the reason I've recorded it today on the spring equinox tomorrow is another 333 portal and I'm not going into that portal with any baggage my friends I am insisting on traveling light so enjoy and I love you all and I'll be back to chat at you some more tomorrow I have a feeling there's a lot coming up a lot a lot a lot thank you for being here I love you all I will definitely have to record an intro for this I would imagine when I'm all done because this is an abrupt start I just listened to astronaut training timey-wimey stuff part two uh, which was recorded in October and wow if you do any sort of journaling or podcasting or vlogging or anything like that <laughs> go back and check yourself every once in a while which is funny because I just listened to the Cosmic Mama podcast and they were talking about um, a really great workshop called Check Yourself. Maybe I should check myself there, but uh, the last four months were tough and it was funny in a just ironic way. I'm listening and to myself and then I listen to myself talk about surrendering and knowing that no matter how much it hurts at the time, it's for your highest good. And I was like, fuck you, me. <laughs> Just fuck you. This isn't how I intended <laughs> to start this at all. Because in part two of timey-wimey stuff, we left off with um, where I was at in the present at the time and still in this journey of a four year long dream. Uh, 
that I had years ago that started to unfold the way I had dreamt it uh, about two and a half years ago now. Um, so at this time, even though my soulmate at the time, and I say it that way because I don't think there's just one. I think the whole twin flame thing and the soul soulmate thing is honestly a little bit limiting and unrealistic. I think there are people that we deeply connect with and perhaps it's what the relationship brings to both of you that kind of defines for you what it is. Um, so that relationship ended. And that's uh, jumping ahead a little, but that's one of the many things that were so painful that I was about to go through. <laughs> Thankfully, I continued to take my own advice and just kept on surrendering. But man, did it hurt. Being authentic is really tough as hell sometimes. Whew. So, where to start? Because I want to talk about this in relationship to further astral not training and further timey wimey stuff. But I can't get past the part where this period of my life since I recorded that last episode was just so painful. <laughs> so how do I relay those events in such a way that it, it falls in line with things and displays what I need to be talking about? In spite of how overcome with feeling I am right at the moment, obviously sad feelings, <laughs> um, but also gratitude at the same time. Uh, I was really planning to talk about this heavy stuff that was going to make me cry in a different series that's sort of just about my personal life. But how can I talk about my timeline experience and not talk about my personal life? <laughs> uh, which has pain in it. So I guess I just have to suck it up and be authentic some more. I'm really grateful to those of you that listen to me because I feel safe enough and brave enough to do that. And I'm not calling myself brave or what I'm doing brave. I'm just talking into a phone and, you know, a dozen or so of you might hear it. <laughs> but, uh, for me and my spirit, it is brave to do this. Um, for me and my personal journey, it is brave to be this honest and authentic with myself. 
as a good old-fashioned uh, adult children of alcoholics <laughs> person, uh, Al-Anon person. I mean, I'm not in any of those wonderful programs, but I have had exposure to them, and they are very effective and wonderful. But, you know, from a young age, I was the performer, the entertainer, the mask wearer, the person who made everybody joyful and happy and um, it really wasn't until I was older and started writing music and performing as an adult that I tended to be also emotional catharsis for a lot of people and you know but as a child it was the coping mechanism to be the freaking Shirley Temple of the family and just keep everybody laughing and happy because then no one was um, making my life miserable or fighting with each other. But from a spirit standpoint, from me having been born of a star and remembering being light and being a muse and just popping in and releasing people's creativity inside them. Uh, it was also my nature to just sing and dance and be happy and silly and fun and make people feel joy. So even though a psychologist or psychiatrist or you perhaps would look at it as some messed up, effed up thing, um, a dysfunctional family dynamic, which it was, but what better place to send me the happy tap dancing grooving goddess muse person because I was up to that challenge Ooh, that wave of sadness is passing a little bit so I feel like I can get my shit together for all of you wonderful people we're going to talk about timelines, timelines merging, timeline integration, the fluidity of time, toxic thought manifestation, um, the difference between feeling into and sitting in different feelings and ruminating on them so that you create uh, a nightmare instead of a dream. Now keep in mind... <laughs> Everything is co-creation. We are all in this energetic web together in this sentient ocean experiencing being human and each other. And so there are always going to be parts of your story and timeline that are subject to outside influences and where the um, point of personal responsibility is being aware of that and um, surrendering to those things that you really can't control um, all you can do is take actions that are in alignment with your highest good all you can do is have and process your human experience and all you can do is choose how you react to those things. So I feel like the astral knot training program that I keep uh, expressing to you all where I feel like I 
go to this place with a simulation and I run it and run it and run it in my sleep and then I come back down here and I play the game. Um, <clears throat> there are going to be moments where the only job you have is to surrender to what's happening and focus on your reactions and taking care of yourself and those, you know, that are your, I don't know, stewardship, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, because our children, our mothers, our significant others, everybody that we're connected to, um, we have a relationship and soul contract with all of those people but at the same time they're having their own human experiences and the earth is having her own experience and we're all coordinating this dance together and sometimes we're going to smack into each other you know if you think about it here I go the entertainer but think about a play a musical if you've ever been in a play or a musical or you know anyone who has you know there's endless rehearsal and practicing before you ever get up on a stage and even once you do there will be moments in almost every production where something happens that was just you know oops <laughs> so I think to some degree we have to allow for margins of error in this game that we're playing because otherwise wouldn't that be boring as hell but then again, these errors or mistakes or oops moments, they teach us something different than had they not happened. So then are they a mistake? Tis the question, right? I just had to pause for a moment and get up and turn down the ceiling fan and then... Um, put this nice little beaded, uh, very fancy pashmina sort of wrap thing over my shoulders because I was getting the chills. And usually when I do that, when I start to feel like, it means that I'm on the right track here with what's coming out of my face hole that makes words. Oh boy, I'm going to have to actually open up my calendar to look at what the heck happened in the world. I recorded that last episode on October 19th and then um, it wasn't too long after that. God, it even feels like it might have been that day, but there was a major incident in Soulmates Country where I kind of went through the experience with him and in that experience, I feel like our energy fields merged and bloomed out into this dome that protected a whole lot of people and minimized, minimized the damage in a really bad situation. Part of the reason I'm not going into more specific detail, I mean, you could probably like piece it together yourself, but part of the reason I'm not going into more specific detail is that, or even using the name actually of the person, is that there's danger uh, in talking about those things publicly where he is. 
but it was strange because we had we we were kind of going through i mean like everybody uh, some people the pandemic made them thick as thieves stuck like glue and others it it you know it was just too much and it created more side effect issues and problems and strains on finances and resources and patience at waiting for things to happen that, um, you know, a lot of people have succumbed to. So I'm not claiming that we're special in any way or that what was happening to us was any more extreme than anybody else. So we were going through our own difficulties and we had just come out of this period of are we or aren't we? Are we or aren't we? Just kind of feeling in limbo. And while that was happening, I had been getting a lot of um, astronaut training about the situation. And in the meantime, I started channeling Mintaka after hitting my head um, right around Halloween. Now, I knew that soulmate and I had been um, together many, many times, came from the same place. We have a long history, <laughs> came from the same place in the cosmos. Let's just put it that way. I chose to be in a body and stay incarnated because of him. Um, so we thought this was the time and the chance where we got to be together in a lifetime because that rarely happens um, for us anyway usually we're on a mission and our interactions are brief but there was the potential this time around that we could have something different so when he had that experience of being in danger and I knew that I was the first person that he thought of, I thought we had reached a point of both being fully engaged in the relationship, knowing what we meant to each other and being willing to withstand whatever hardships were coming because of the pandemic and the circumstances around that. So... <clears throat> When I started channeling Mintaka after the first time I whacked my head, um, which sounds so crazy. Anyone tuning in for the first time is like, wow, this chick's batty. <laughs> She's full of it. Uh, anyway, when the channeling started happening, I say that all in jest, by the way. I believe what I'm saying, but I don't expect you to. I went there and he was there and we were there together in our original form and I was, you know, we had, um, it was a deeply moving experience that I will talk about in a separate episode because it'll get us off track here. It was its own profound thing, but I also knew that, um, 
so in that experience, I was being reminded why we were here and he was telling me, which I, I couldn't understand why he was telling me this, that no matter what, I was not supposed to help him. And I didn't know exactly what he meant. Um, oh, then fast forward to just before Thanksgiving and my world was shaken in a couple of different ways that had nothing to do with him, but would ultimately affect him because of my resources and abilities. Hey, Galactic Groovers, I'm going to attempt to succinctly tell you what I do and have this little spot on every episode so you can know what I'm all about. You can visit the square booking link on my Instagram page or my Facebook page at Grooming Goddess. You can email me at groominggoddess at gmail.com. And to book any readings with me, you can visit that square booking site. As I said, some of the services I offer are an animal communication for 3333, and that is a 30-minute session where we connect with your pets and um, see what maybe they are trying to tell you that you can't quite understand. Then I have a grief mediumship, another 30-minute reading, and that is for anyone experiencing recent grief and having trouble moving through that. My um, specialty seems to be in that area, getting messages and contacting people's loved ones immediately after their passing. I have a mini reading special, which is four mini readings for 4444. I have a soul action plan reading, which is 5555, and that involves cards for your inner child, uh, earth self, ego self, your highest self, and your galactic team. And then lastly, I have syncretic oracle readings, which are 7777, as those cards are much more in-depth and pretty much cover every reading modality. And then lastly, if you would like to come on my podcast and get a reading live, I will read for you for free. You can book an interview at my Square booking site. If you would like to be on my podcast to discuss something groovy, you can also do that at the Square booking site. And if you would like me to be on your podcast, you can do that at the Square booking site. I look forward to hearing from you. I have a money-back guarantee for all my readings, and so far, nobody wants their money back, so I feel like I'm helping a lot of folks out there, and I would like to help you too. If you have any questions about any of these, give me a DM somewhere, anywhere, all the places. Much love to you all, and thank you for listening. to take a pause there to spend a little time with uh, taking care of myself. I made some celery juice and a few other things and then um, spend some time with, wait for it, spoiler alert, Ferdinand before he went to bed. Um, It's hard to talk about all this. I, I mean, I kind of knew it was going to be, 
but I think part of the reason I waited is because I had to be far enough along through the process between <laughs> the solar eclipse 333 portal and the one tomorrow. That's part of the reason I really want to record this today is just to get it all out, let it all go, and kind of tie a bow around it so that I can toss it into the wind and go into this, uh, this new period of time, this new paradigm and age. <clears throat> this new phase of my life over the lighter load travel light because we're traveling light right we're all light and we're traveling <laughs> funny that that's always been an expression long before any of this metaphysical stuff was mainstream there I go wandering off into the weeds to avoid the topic at hand so, uh, during the month of, months of October and November, I went to so many doctor appointments with my mom, who has been having cognitive issues. She was getting diagnosed by a neuropsychiatrist. We went through the process of intake where I had three sessions where I sort of helped her tell her life story and there were a lot of revelations with that let me tell you so that was tremendous healing and all of that but also stressful and a lot of extra stuff when um i generally kind of run with a limited amount of physical energy so um then let's see what happens next then uh, some things come to light. This is one of those areas where I can't say a lot because they're their own people and have their own lives and it's their business. But in general, non-specific terms, my children could no longer be in the same house or in the same place at the same time. And it basically turned into a situation where they had joint custody of me. Um, because neither of them is, you know, they're both good people. Let's just leave it at that right now. But they are struggling in different ways. And at any rate, I can't be in the same place at the same time. So, uh... That my oldest suddenly had to practically move out and I was trying to have them like back and forth every other week so that he could have some time here. But that became increasingly difficult. Um, at any rate, it was an abrupt thing that neither me nor my oldest son were even close to prepared for. Fortunately, he was able to go to his dad's. Uh, but that made things further difficult because my youngest doesn't speak to his dad and won't go anywhere near him. So he couldn't go there either <laughs> when his older brother was here in what was his home. 
up until a few days before Thanksgiving. Uh, he, the oldest, didn't have his license yet. Um, wasn't going to school yet. He had been studying some stuff online and didn't have a job other than working for his dad a bit. The youngest was going through his own things. Um, dealing with depression and anxiety and those kinds of things surrounding a lot of a lot of issues. Anyway, um, it's difficult because, you know, once they get to be teenagers, they're, 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 they're always their own people, but it's, you can't really be sharing things until they're at a place, if they're at a place ever, where they want to talk about it or keep it to themselves. Um, so... I talk in this strange manner, manner where I try not to give any details while giving details that aren't details. So, my children have joint custody of me, and then there's also my mom, who has another third of my time, and then there's my LDR soulmate, who's uh, going through his own stuff, has his own huge family and a whole bunch of demands and is asking things of me and then me telling him no is making him think because of his own insecurities that I, you know, don't trust him or whatever. Uh, but in the meantime, I really couldn't help and um, it was putting so much extra pressure on me feeling like I was failing in that area, too. Uh, my mom needed a lot of my time, so one way that I temporarily solved the children problem was having the youngest go stay with my mom some of the time. And that has its own whole set of things, because then I had to set it up so there was somewhere for him to sleep, and that they had... Uh, a routine and whatnot because you know my mom has dementia she can still live on her own but she definitely needs help and there are things that come up um, and she's mentally ill so there are things that come up from that as well so very complicated I mean I did feel like I was sitting in the eye of a storm and just shifting around all of these people in need that I'm connected to and some responsible for. Ugh. So it was all rough. It was just all really rough. And then at the same time, this happened with the kids. My mom got her diagnosis. And then we, at the time, we didn't know how bad it was or wasn't or, you know, what her prognosis was. So there was that looming and I was going through grieving about that grieving about my family with my children that was never going to be uh, the same. Everything just, just exploded. Um, 
at any rate, a lot of complications around the kid thing. So many that required so much extra time and money and patience and resources. And the father uh, somewhat bailed on some of it because the other one is an adult because he turned 18 in July. So he is now suddenly supposed to be able to be one. Um, so all of that was swirling around me between Thanksgiving and December 12th, the solar eclipse 333 portal. And it was a lot. And, uh, Then I recorded live during the solar eclipse and said a bunch of stuff. Um, I had also whacked my head again. That was another fun thing. I, I had that happen a few times, and every time I did, it was like that stupid movie phenomenon with John Travolta where it unlocked something that had been uh, blocked, which I found out later probably why it had that effect um but that's in a story for another day as they say which they say a lot lately have you noticed that i noticed those verbal verbal uh because it's not like um slang or even pop culture it's just people will start saying certain phrases more often than others um anyway oh boy <laughs> So I had all that swimming around and I recorded live during the solar eclipse <laughs> and during that solar eclipse portal that was so um, significant and big things happened on earth, not just to me personally, but everyone, the entire planet and the planet itself, um, I gave full surrender. I became vulnerable and I said to myself and my multi-dimensional self and the universe uh, I surrender to whatever needs to happen to move me onto the timeline where um, things are healthy and the highest good and make sense for everyone even if that means there may be pain involved <clears throat> or I have to be the villain or look like the villain or um, let go of people or things I don't want to. <sighs> And while this was happening, um, I had also been telling my soulmate that I would understand since I couldn't help him if he wanted to look for other opportunities or find somebody else because I knew that there would be 
plenty of ladies out there who would be happy to give him loads of money. <sighs> and, um... Then on, uh... The winter solstice, same sort of thing, letting go, releasing. He and I have been, um, just feeling off and quarreling a lot. Um, and I, I felt him pulling away. And anyway, so it was just very shortly after that, that, uh, and I'm glad for him because he needed the help. So essentially, I threw myself under the bus because I knew he needed help and I wanted him to have help. And now you're probably thinking, how does any of this have to do with any timeline, timey-wimey stuff? But it does. I promise I'll get there. <laughs> uh, so I let him go. I knew that this was what was going to happen. And I had to let him go. And I didn't want to, but I had to. And then he was very mad at me. <laughs> Even when it turned out to be better for him. And... It is also better for me, and it relieved some burden that I had had that was becoming heavier than the uplifting effect of our love for each other. It's all a scale and a balance, you know, because there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. You know, you're... If your burdens become heavier than the light of your love, then you can't maintain balance. <clears throat> anyway, we were drowning each other. And I had to let him go. And then a woman with money and gifts swooped in. And his father was dying. And... He knew I wasn't going to be able to help him. He knew it was putting pressure on me. And he had a family to think about, too. <clears throat> we both just had too many obstacles swirling around us to stay connected to each other anymore. So at first I fought this and I begged to take him, you know, to, for him to take me back, for us to work it out. I spent like six weeks crying and reviewing, um, a lot about myself and our relationship. Um, I mean, the first two weeks being the most intense. After that, it was just like, uh, oh, here comes the kitty. He had his lunch, and now he wants to come have his nap on my feet. <laughs> uh, 
I guess I'll have to pause and open the door, but, um, but we both felt betrayed by each other, I think, in the process in many ways, because I felt like he didn't understand that I had sacrificed myself for him, and I don't think he thought I understood that he, um, had been suffering for the sake of love or that, uh, he was honest with me when he could have lied, but I don't think he saw how cold he was being about it. And that's probably how he had to be in order for me to stop fighting it. Oh my goodness, the animals are being kind of squirrely. I don't know if your pets do this with the equinoxes, but mine usually do. They seem to feel these shifts and act all kinds of goofy. But anyway, he's meowing and meowing like I haven't fed him yet, right? And then he takes me to his bowl and I'm like, no, I just fed you, dude. Not going to happen again. And then uh, he follows me back to the bedroom, and then I'm like, oh, come on, what do you want? Do you want to play? So we go to play, and he's like, man, maybe that for a minute. No, I'm just going to rub on you. And then here we are, back in the bedroom, and he is stuck to me like glue because it's apparently cuddle time. Ah, oh, man. Animals are so much easier to get along with than people. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? <clears throat> Let's see. Where was I? Heart ripped out of my chest. Yeah, yeah, there. So, Merry Christmas to me. I can't be with both my children. Um, my mother's slowly losing her mind and starting to, like, do weird things like lie about stuff and it's just you know some of her weirdness is coming out and then uh now I've been basically dumped although I'm sure he would probably say well you told me blah 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 and it's like okay yeah but I certainly wasn't hoping you'd fucking choose it but I I don't blame him, though. I truly don't. I He chose what he needed to. And so did I. And it's a good thing I did, because more happened after the new year, and it required financial resources that I would not have had otherwise. So I think I've finally looped back around to timey-wimey stuff. So here's the thing. All of that as it was happening and as we were coming to the buildup, I had run it through the simulation. I had run it many times. I remember different versions of it and I was trying my damnedest to get the best outcome for everybody, for both of us. And, um... You know, it was going pretty good until there was pandemic, and then it got more and more difficult to do that. But in particular, um, I had 
I knew that his father wasn't going to make it. And I knew that if we, if he stayed with me and didn't get that help from the other person, that when his father died, he would hate me and himself and be very, very uh, broken. And it did not turn out well when I held on to him selfishly. I knew that letting him go wasn't going to save his dad, but it would at least save both of us from that uh, conflict and pain and distortion of our love for each other. And I don't think if I had run that situation over and over again that I would have been strong enough or able to make the hard choice. Which ultimately, I mean, if you think about it, I guess it's only a hard choice from... an ego place or a place of expectation or attachment to outcomes. Definitely not surrender. <clears throat> because with surrender, I'm able to see that we were drowning each other. It didn't matter how much we loved each other. We needed more than we could give each other. Because of things that were so far beyond our control, that was what it was. And while it seemed like the hard choice in the long run, it was the easy choice. And he told me not to help him. The hard part sometimes about being in relationship with people who are not in the same sort of communication with their guides or higher self or whatnot, if they have a more, um, you know, just a lower dimensional reality, it's not a judgment. It's just the way it is. And whatever uh, guidance or whispers they get, they, you know, attribute to God or uh, their gut instinct or whatever. And that's perfectly good, too. But the problem therein is that sometimes you can speak to people's higher selves, but they can't speak to their own higher self. So they see everything you do from a true, you know, a solely earth perspective. And, um, how do you explain to someone, I'm doing this thing that you don't want me to do because you told me to. <laughs> uh, 
when they're not there yet. But anyway, uh, so New Year's rolls around. <sighs> Had to blow my crying ass nose. My goodness, I have cussed a lot in this stuff. I don't even know if I'll wind up uploading this, honestly, which probably means I will. Because that's what everybody wants to hear, right? They want to hear your freaking honesty. Your damn authenticity. <laughs> but anyway, crying makes my nose run. Oh, so New Year's rolls around. And by this point, I mean, I, pr I just shut everything down. I didn't record again until February 6th. I didn't do any readings. I was barely online. I, you know, I just retreated and I had been spending, mm, by the time New Year's rolled around, about three, four weeks doing the whole grieving and processing thing about losing that relationship in the midst of all the other mother sucking chaos with my children and the fallout from their situation with each other and the therapists and the doctors and my mom and my mom's caretaker. And at one point I even, uh, which is, <laughs> which was in the four year dream. And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. Why would I ever do that? Uh, I got hired and did the training to be her, um, her family caregiver for a few hours a week because they try to relieve, um, some of that burden kind of off the family by paying you a little something, uh, minimum wage for whatever time you spend. But the only problem was I went through the whole training and did the thing and got hired and, uh, did all of all of the tests and things and then um the problem was is that because my mom is a medicare patient and not a private pay um i they would only uh pay me to do things that i wasn't doing for her and they wouldn't pay me for the things that i was doing for her so it was going to do me absolutely no good but anyway all of that was such a damn roller coaster by the time New Year's rolled around, I was really ready to be letting go of a lot, and I was still managing the kid thing, and at the same time, trying to help my oldest um, learn to drive, get his license, find a job, um, which he did an amazing job. Many things have all shifted so quickly, and, you know, my youngest has done an amazing job, too, and is going through it, but, you know, he's 16, he's not 18, and it's going to take him a bit longer, um, more than likely, but uh, at any rate, uh, that's just how it goes, and it's all right, and I am, I'm proud of how they have both navigated this and dealt with all the changes because um, our family's been hit with a lot all at one time but I had done all my grieving by New Year's and um, still navigating it but 
just realizing that something major had shifted and I was getting ready to move into a new phase of things. And that even though it sucked a whole hell of a lot, I knew that that dream that I had was still playing out. The timeline thing was still happening. And I knew which things were right in the moment. That's what's happened with this liquidity of time. As things happen, I know it's the moment I'm meant to be in and that things have merged and integrated and I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. And it's not like, it doesn't feel like, uh, like an ego thing. Like I know what I'm supposed to do. It's more like I am connected as I'm meant to be to source in such a way that I am given the information so that I make the choice for the highest good, the best choice that I can make. I can't control other people's choices, but I can control mine. And that is what I'm trying to do in all the moments of my life. And, um, with this time preview and time simulation training in your sleep, um, it really allows you to do that, to just surrender because sometimes it's, I mean, it's half the time it's things you seriously don't want to do. Like your earthy ego self is like, come on, man. <sighs> I have to do the right thing again. Fucking hell. So New Year's I had to do a thing with my phone and delete some stuff and start up some other things and as a result Ferdinand's contact information showed up again and so I messaged him to say happy new year and see how he was because all the time even though we weren't together I still cared about him um and I just felt like we weren't done. I didn't know that we would be romantic necessarily, but I, um, you know, he would pop in here and there over the previous year and a half and talk to me and, um, see how I was doing, tell me how he was doing. Usually it wasn't great because life there is tough, but <clears throat> I was feeling especially, you know, I've been reviewing because in his anger, soulmate made me feel really super shitty about myself and like I was a horrible person. So the gift of that was that I went through and reviewed a lot of stuff and was like, yeah, I could see where in that situation, like I'm not proud of how I acted in that moment. And did a lot of that, that looking at myself so that I would never be in this sort of situation again. And, um, I remembered having spoken to Ferd in July and he had hurt himself. And I was just kind of, kind of like, well, sorry to hear that. See you later. 
I hope it feels better when I probably could have helped him. But the reason I didn't was because um, I, I have always been afraid to be in contact with him because I knew that I still had a connection there and still cared about him. And I know, I knew and know that he was still, you know, madly in love with me and wanted to be with me. So we started talking and as we did, we both talked about where our travels had taken us, what our life had been like, other people we'd been with because we both tried to love other people. And um, one of the things that I had been going through in my mind as I was reviewing things is my justifications for breaking up with him at the time. And with a year and a half of extreme dimensional expansion, an influx of unconditional love into my light body and self-awareness and, you know, not being afraid to look at the ugly parts of me, I was able to come to terms with the fact that the real reason that I broke up with him was because I was afraid. I was afraid that, um, he was too young and that it would be selfish of me to keep him from whatever other life he might have with someone else who was younger than me, I guess. I uh, let my worries about what other people are going to think and all the shit we were going to get get into my head and affect my decision making which I I am not the person who cares about what other people think but for some reason in this situation I chose to be that person and so I think I told myself a lot of like I let I used small things as an excuse to <clears throat> to end it both because I was afraid of how things were going to look and I didn't want to look like an idiot or, you know, a stereotype. Whatever. I don't care. Like, I'm beyond all of that stuff now and I really, truly don't care what anybody thinks about me at this point. Especially after this pandemic. You can call me a cougar all you want. I'll just be over here enjoying my life um, and not even knowing that you're thinking about it or care. Uh, I was letting things outside me define me. And my relationship with soulmate was like relationship school. And we both learned how to be better people. And unfortunately, that wasn't to get to be with each other, I guess. But because of what I learned about um, different cultures and about myself and about my own faults, about my hidden motives, my shadow, 
uh, side, all of those things, um, it has freed me to just love Ferdinand and let him love me back. We both tried to be with other people. I tried to catch and release. <laughs> sometimes when I talk about it or think about it in my head to myself, uh, that's, it sounds like I'm like, well, I tried to let him go, but he came back anyway. But, um... From the very beginning, we had a special connection. And six years ago, I had a dream that I was on my deck in the sun, kissing him. And his name was Ferdinand. So with every other pivotal point along, the path of the journey through this um, preview of time that I had it has still led back to him and I'm not going to fight that it would be insanity to fight that so with his Kindness and caring. Um, I put myself back together again. Taught my oldest son to drive. He found himself a fantastic uh, job for him where he's working with the Conservation Corps and getting paid to go camping and work out in the wilderness and learn how to use a chainsaw and all those fun lumberjack, bear grills type of things. Um, so I don't have to feel bad about him not being here because he's doing something he wants to be doing, not being forced out. And my youngest is starting to want to do things and participate in life again. And, um, I've just been having a joyful time with Ferdinand and he is such a cheerleader. And that was one of the things that I have kind of figured out since the big breakup and everything in my life pivoting at one time was that um, my soulmate needed to shine brighter. He has to shine brighter than who he's with. And I understand that and it's okay. But because of that, the more, I don't know, successful or attention or whatever I got, the better I got at anything, I think it felt threatening and it made it harder for him to be happy or proud because he was just frustrated that he wasn't able to create at the moment and lost patience with that, and I understand. So the contrast of being with someone who really just wants to be supportive and um, isn't in competition in some way, 
and just wants to love me and thinks I'm great. And when I do anything that hurts his feelings, he tells me and we deal with it and vice versa. And it's just secure and comfortable and not dramatic all the time. <sighs> Man, I don't even know what I'm going to do with all this. I guess I'll put it out there and whoever hears it will be meant to, but I am sticking with this timeline that ends with me being in the sunshine on my deck kissing this man who loves me and I don't care what pandemics or disasters or collapses or calamities or borders or politics or bullshit uh, tries to get in our way, I know that it will happen because everything else did. Everything. Even the parts I didn't want to happen, happened. Oh 
shadows falling When you hear the cold wind calling 